When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. For the last three weeks... For the last three weeks, the House GOP has repeatedly humiliated itself with its inability to do even the simplest legislative function, pick a speaker of the House, proving themselves to be not so much a legislative body, but a flaming bag of poop... (laughs) ...left on the Capitol's doorstep. But today was the piece de stupid. <laughs> because after multiple rounds of voting, starting this morning, right, the GOP narrowed their choices from eight candidates down to one nominee, Minnesota Congressman Tom Emmer, seen here saying, come on, you fellas wouldn't screw me over like you did the last two identical guys. Come on, come on, come on. Don't do me, don't do me like that. <laughs> According to people I pay to care about it, Emmer is the House Majority Whip. He sits on the Financial Services Committee, and perhaps most notably, he got two DUIs, then sponsored legislation to lower the legal penalties that face accused drunk drivers. Okay, so a little self-serving. He also introduced H.R. 2435. That mailbox was already knocked down. But perhaps Tom Emmer's most enduring legacy will always be that he's the guy from this COVID-era Zoom meeting in this House committee. During COVID-19, we must make sure that our nation's sole proprietors and the smallest of small businesses receive timely... Will suspend? I'm sorry, Mr. Emmer? Yes. Are you okay? I am. (laughs) You're upside down, Tom. I I don't know how to fix that. (laughs) He continued... Full disclosure, (laughs) I have been drinking, so I don't know how to fix this. Hold on, I'm just going to drive over to the Genius Bar. (laughs) So, maybe not the perfect candidate, but at least the Republicans were this close to having a functioning government, which is, of course, Donald Trump's mortal enemy. So, this afternoon, he truthed, I have many wonderful friends wanting to be Speaker of the House. Some are truly great warriors. Rhino Tom Emmer, who I do not know well, is not one of them. Oh, so close. Obviously, that eliminated the chances for Tom Emmer. But has Donald Trump ever met Emmer Tom? (laughs) Mr. President, so much easier for me to smooch your butt from this angle. (laughs) (laughs) That actually made me a little dizzy. I'm actually... That actually made me a little dizzy. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, Tom Emmer dropped out of the speaker race. <laughs> Farewell, Tom Emmer. <laughs> you will be Googled. <laughs> At this point, I'd call the GOP a clown car, but clowns go to college. <laughs> so what now? With Emmer's ouster, there is all of a sudden a lot of Mike Johnson will be speaker buzz. Well, you know what that means. There's someone named Mike Johnson. 
and he will never be speaker. <laughs> but who is Mike Johnson? Why, it's Louisiana congressman and cardboard cutout of the lens crafters, <laughs> Mike Johnson. Johnson is an ultra-conservative Republican who, back in 2018, was involved in GOP efforts to overhaul the Endangered Species Act, which is why he's promised that if Republicans give him the gavel, he will jam it in a dolphin's blowhole. <laughs> but it turns out, as I'm saying these words, and this is true, they're holding a repeat of last night's closed-door candidate jamboree. And today, we got some insight into what that questioning was like. Um, favorite colors, um, your geological sign, things like that. Geological sign? I'm actually an igneous rising with a sedimentary moon. So I wish the GOP lots of luck in their fun, fun night tonight. Oh, uh, another day, another Trump co-defendant has flipped. This time it's down in Georgia, and it's former Trump lawyer Jenna Ellis seen here living her best mugshot. <laughs> That's three Trump lawyers in one week, which leads us to America's favorite new game show. We don't know, but... <laughs> Whoever it is, tell them what they want, Johnny. Probation instead of hard time. A lifetime of shame that you can't scrub off. And this dinette set from Roy Hill. Roy Hill, you're too pretty for jail. Back to you, Steve. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> now, among other things, Ellis joined Rudy Giuliani in asking Georgia lawmakers to violate their oaths of office by appointing fake electors. And down in Georgia, that oath is sacred. You place your hand on a stack of Allman Brothers records and solemnly declare, watch this, y'all! <laughs> After entering her guilty plea, Ellis gave a tearful speech and took full responsibility by blaming everyone else. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. Oh, I bet she regrets representing Donald Trump <laughs> and trusting those other lawyers, especially this famous outburst from Giuliani's legal briefs. Well, I, I, will, I, will, I will ask that he be, he be disciplined for that. We did not make that up. We did not change that. Now we know why she was crying in court, because her eyes are still burning. <laughs> now, while these trials are going on, Trump is still out there proving to the American people he can be trusted once again with the launch codes. Yesterday, he held a rally in New Hampshire and made an incredible discovery on stage. Come for us. You know how you spell us, right? You spell us, U.S. I just picked that up. Has anyone ever thought of that? I just picked that up. A couple of days I'm reading, and it said us. And I said, you know, if you think about it, us equals U.S. You ever thought about that? I mean, do you ever think about it? You ever heard the word assume? <laughs> you know what they say, never assume anything, but because it makes your ass 
Yummy. <laughs> Don't do it. Too short. That's true. That's true. That's math. I just picked that up. I just realized. I also realized that God spelled backward is dog. I'm the first guy to notice that. <laughs> Pretty ironic, because I hate dogs, and I'm proof that there is no God. Now, mom spelled backwards. Mom, upside down. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Then, Trump weighed in on the attorneys that flipped on him down in the Georgia election fraud case. If you want to challenge the result, of an election, they hound you. Look what happened this weekend with two good people. They hound them and they scare them and they... But we don't get scared. We don't get scared. I'll tell you what. I don't mind being Nelson Mandela. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I also don't mind him being Nelson Mandela, specifically the part where he goes to jail for 27 years. <laughs> Gleason? Is that Gleason? Wow. Hey. Then he revealed his plan to win the most votes in 2024, keep everyone from voting. We had a little election uh, that went astray, so we have to be careful. You got to get out there and you got to watch those voters. You don't have to vote. Don't worry about voting. The voting, we got plenty of votes. Really? <laughs> We've got plenty of votes? Is it possible that next year both candidates could have the same slogan? Don't vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> now, in, uh, is this in the same speech? Donald Trump trotted out some more of that old-time fascism when, in the speech, he praised a European strongman. You know, I was very honored as a man. Victor Orban. Did ever, anyone ever hear of him? He's probably, like, one of the strongest leaders anywhere in the world. And he, uh, he's the leader of... Right? He's the leader of Turkey. Okay. <laughs> Okay, small detail. Viktor Orban is actually the prime minister of Hungary. <laughs> At this point, Trump is just free associating. I was very hungry, and I wanted some turkey. <laughs> Maybe with a little chili, not too much grease. <laughs> and a cold glass of Fiji water. And just... And just a beautiful slice of Yemen meringue pie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's news from Italy, and it concerns Italian prime minister and mom considering making a break for it during the intermission of the Frozen musical. <laughs> Giorgia Maloney. Maloney just split with her boyfriend of 10 years after he was caught asking a woman if she wanted to have a foursome. When some guy moons your eye while he's licking your thigh, that's a four-way. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Scandal emerged after Maloney's partner, TV presenter Andrea Giambruno, was caught on tape propositioning a colleague. In the exchange, he says, listen, I want to tell you something. Do you want to join our group? Will you join our working group? When the woman says yes, he adds, you have to give us something in return. My expertise, the woman cheekily replies, to which Giambruno says, you have to do threesomes or foursomes with us. We Sounds more romantic in Italian. <laughs> Coming up, Jim Gaffigan. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 
Six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Folks, my guest tonight is a comedian who released his 10th stand-up special and is currently on his Barely Alive comedy tour. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Jim Gaffigan. Sweetheart, Jim Gaffigan. Oh, well, thank you so much. Beloved, beloved Thanks comedian so Jim Gaffigan. It's so nice to be here. Um, how have you been since the, the last time? Since June, we have not spoken since you blew well, off dinner. I well, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's well, even recently. There's so much. Uh, there's so much dramatic. Uh, I think the Huge probably news the, breaking every The day. biggest thing was probably since I've seen you, uh, Pat Sajak retiring. Yeah, you know I mean, I. Uh, That's true. I mean, people are pretty. I mean, you can yeah. see how stunned they are. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now Sager. there's a power vacuum. Yeah, I mean, well, it's like he's the host of Wheel of Fortune, but really, is there anything Pat Sajak can't do? You know what I mean? He's host of Wheel of Fortune. Um, he's. Uh, he's. He's like a Renaissance man. He no. had a talk show. <laughs> no, no, he, he did. had a talk show. And I'm sure he's a sweet person. I don't, I don't want to be mean, but like, I do love Wheel of Fortune, and I'm not 80, but I do love it. <laughs> and and uh, I wish I was there when he announced his retirement because you know he's a quality guy. He probably gathered everyone from the Wheel of Fortune family together, and he's like, I've done this for a couple decades, but I've decided I'm going to retire. Because if I was there, I would have stood up and said, you know, this isn't a real job. Uh, <laughs> You, you don't get to retire from playing hangman, you know? The appropriate thing to do is to apologize and give back all the money. Because would you want the gig? I mean, it's, it's sitting right there. Who wouldn't want this man <laughs> to take over Pat Sajak? First right. ballot. You get that on the first ballot. I think they already have someone, but thank you. No, but, like, he's... I mean, he... He did it right. Pat Sajak, you know how much he made a year? $17 million. No, and, and they shot him all out like in two yeah, weeks, yes. right? Like, and, and he didn't even have to turn the letters. You know what I mean? I bet Vanna's pulling down some yeah. money, too. Well, no, we, he makes 17, she makes three, which is unfair. I mean, obviously, they both should make nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the good news is... Is that Pat Sajak, I read this in an article, he is continuing on as a consultant. Uh, not really sure what consulting work there is on Wheel of Fortune, you know. If he's like, yeah, any new letters today? Or... And they're like, no, no. And he goes, all right, I'll be in my office. But I just love, and I'm sure he's a great guy, so I'm not criticizing him. Doesn't sound like it. Okay, good. I, I understand you and your lovely wife, Jeannie, just had uh, a nice anniversary. Which anniversary was this one? 20 years. Oh, congratulations. Thank That's you. a big one. Big 2-0. 20 years. That's, nice. It's nice. bananas. And, you know, it's like, I don't know if anyone's been married for that length of time, but it's 20, but it feels like 80. 
You know what I mean? No, I'm joking. It's uh, it's amazing. And but we're like I mentioned, we're still in the thick of it. We we got an opportunity to go out to dinner, but it was not. You know, we we stole a couple hours, but we also understand that that's what we got to do because we made the mistake of having kids. <laughs> do you mistake. know what I mean? It's hard. Mistake. It's hard. So the five, you got the five kids. Five kids. Still five. Still five. Uh, yeah, they don't leave. That's the problem. <laughs> and it's, but parenting gets progressively harder. That's what they don't tell anyone when you have a baby. I mean, it would be inappropriate if they were like, "Congratulations, it's going to get really hard." Yeah, you know I mean. <laughs> So as a parent, you have to figure it out, you know? And when you have a baby, you're like, oh, they're so fragile and dependent, you think, oh, this must be the hard part. This is, it's not the hard part. And then you have a toddler, and it's chaos, and they're screaming in grocery stores, and they're almost accidentally killing themselves, and you think, <laughs> oh, this must be the hard part. And then the child becomes a teenager, and most parents are like, oh, this whole thing was a mistake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's yeah. like... They have opinions. Right? They have opinions. It is. Parenting is the only thing you can do for 13 years, 13 years, and then it gets super hard. Do you know what I mean? It's like a cruel joke. You know, God is just up there laughing at us. He's like, these people probably think they're pretty good at parenting. Yeah. Watch this. Cue the hormones. I also like people who say that their child is in the terrible twos. Yeah. And I always know it's their first child. Yeah. Because knowing the second child, you know what three is like. Yeah. It's terrible twos are fine. It's because just... the threes, they're just as terrible and they're much stronger. Yeah. It is. It's really hard. And we have a lot of kids. And by the way, I, I freely admit my wife has it harder, but this whole thing is kind of her fault. You know what I mean? <laughs> 100%. I mean, these children didn't come out of my body. <laughs> you know, in a way, they're not even my kids. You know what I mean? In a way, I, you can I, go out for a pack of smokes. Well, you know, I'm not... I'm not I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but that whole sperm fertilizing the egg thing, I've never seen that in person. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen a simulation of it, you know, sure. how you might stage a landing on the moon. You know what I mean? Sure. Men should be suspicious. It's like a woman discovers she's going to become a parent. Men are told. <laughs> you know, men find out they're going to be a dad the same way they learn they have a terminal illness. A doctor tells Someone comes them. up and says, you should sit down. Hey, we have to take a little bit of a break. We'll be right back with more Jim Gaffigan, everybody. on his Barely Alive tour. We're back with Mr. Jim Gaffigan. Moms and dads, you know, it's a, it's a, it can be a, a different job at times. Do you yes. feel appreciated as a dad? I mean, well, I think that generally dads are, are underappreciated. That's not to say that, obviously, moms, you know... The reality is the mom is the hero of the story. That's the hero of the story. And, you know, but when... You know, when people become famous, they buy their mom a house. They don't even invite the dad to live there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's sure. Dads sure. are kind of like the uh, backup quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> you know, you're on the team, but you're not the star. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and on the rare occasion you're brought into the game, people are nervous. 
You know? You know? Yeah. You're a little overpranked. Yeah, you know, you're good for a play or two, but people are like, when's the starter coming back? How did you and Jeannie meet? We met uh, in our uh, neighborhood at the time in a, a Korean bodega or a Korean market or Korean, it was a Korean store. And um, it was probably at midnight and I was going in. I didn't have any confidence around women until my early 30s and I probably was like 33 and I saw this very attractive woman and I started talking to her who was my wife and, and I said, have I met you before? And she's like, yeah, I've met you numerous times. <laughs> And so, and she, I said, oh, you know, we're probably going to get married. And she goes, I doubt it. <laughs> and so uh, I asked her out, and she was like, nah. But she gave me her, her, her uh, AOL AIM or whatever instant message thing. So, but we went out on uh, a date, and then, you know, I lived across from this church that I had never gone into, and my wife is Catholic, and I ended up not only getting married at that church, but all my kids were baptized and confirmed in that church. And it's right around the corner from this Korean deli. And so at, we got married in that church, and then we walked and we got pictures at the Korean deli with... Where you guys met? Yeah, yeah. Is that, was that what this is? I yes. couldn't figure out why I had these. Yes. That is fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. And so... Yeah. I like this guy. I like this guy a lot. Yeah, no, it's, it's your maid of honor. But that's what I, I mean, that's where New Yorkers, you know, you just love, you know, your sense of community and, and neighborhood stuff. Whereas with New York, it's like, I remember when Jeannie was pregnant, I would go to that same deli and, uh, you know, when she would have late night cravings. And then when I was poor on money, I went in there and I robbed them. You know? It's, it's all just one stop. It's, it's one stop. Arc. So convenient. <laughs> we have to take another little break here, but please stick around. That's Jim Gaffigan. You're going to want more. It's Sir Jim Gaffigan. You are uh, an example, both of you, because you're, you're, you're both, uh, you write with Jeannie. Yeah. And so you're both comedians. Did you have that example, like, from your parents? Like, what role did, like, you say your mom play in your becoming a comedian? I mean, I was the youngest of six kids, but, like, m the impact of my mother uh, on, you know, making my mom laugh was probably the most powerful I ever felt. So it was one of those things where I remember specific moments just getting her to laugh. And that's not to say that she was, like, depressed or anything, but it was just, like, a pretty important achievement. And so, but I remember even when I uh, was in my early 20s and I would call home and I, the, my first car I had bought, I didn't, I, I don't know anything about cars, so I essentially never replaced the oil, and I just drove the car into the ground. <laughs> and so I called home, and I was explaining this to my mom and my dad, and my mom was just laughing so hard. <laughs> and what I was getting to was asking for money, and she was laughing about that, too. So it was like the ability to make her laugh was something that, uh, you know, particularly when I was complaining, I thought, oh, wow, this is a strange, unique thing. And then when 
you know, my mother passed away in my early 20s. It was, I mean, it was pretty devastating, but I think that's where stand-up kind of, uh, stand-up's my mom. No, I think that stand-up <laughs> replaced something that, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, that endorphin rush of getting that feedback and... It was, I don't know how to articulate it, but it's pretty amazing. You know, I remember I used to do impressions of my dad. My dad was a very uh, kind of intimidating figure. Like if we met him, if you met him today, he's not around, but if you met him, you'd be like, he's perfectly fine. But to me, he was this intimidating figure. And you're the baby doing and the I'm impression the baby. of the dad. So I was doing an impression which my mom loved and all my siblings loved. And so it's, it's so strange because when my first television appearance, which uh, was Caroline's Comedy Hour, the whole set was complaining about my father and doing an impression of my father. And now all my stand-up is just me complaining about my kids. So <laughs> it's, it's come full circle. I don't want to put you on the spot, yeah. but can I hear what your dad sounded like? <clears throat> well, Stephen. <laughs> Colbert. <laughs> Sounds French. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know why Jimmy Carter carries around a turkey? Spare parts. <laughs> so he was he go. was unintentionally funny. So it was uh, you know, so there was that influence, but he was and humor's a big deal in it was a big deal in my family growing up, and it is a big deal even in the family, uh, the chaos that I've created with my wife. Would you want your kids to... to my son, my son Jack, has opened for me many times. Is he times. the eldest? He's, he's the second oldest. Okay. And, um, and he is... I mean, he's one of the funniest people I know, and he, he does things that are so um, funny but brutally... Like, during the lockdown, you know, as we all were locked down for this extended period of time, and you're... You look at your family and you're like, I'm going to kill everyone in this family. <laughs> there was, there was a, a moment where my son, who just knew, he just, kids just know the buttons to press. And so he invented this song where he was like, the mom rules the house, the dad is the mouse, we all live in fear. So wildly inappropriate, right? <laughs> And so just kind of summing up the dynamic of tension. Uh-huh. And so what he would do after that is he would never sing the song. He would just hum it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd be at dinner, and he'd be like, ba-bam, bam 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 <laughs> And it's just so brilliant. That's wonderful. But do you steal jokes from your kids? I mean, there's definitely been ideas. There's yeah. definitely... Uh, observations like where they don't know they're they're coming up with yeah i'll steal from them sure yeah <laughs> they're all Why gonna not? get it back in the end when you right? go right i mean they're working you know they're not contributing you know what i mean <laughs> none of more these... than pat sajak yeah right the great pat oh my sajak. god you hear that oh don't say bad things i know about because pat i'm sajak. sure he's, I, I get nervous because i'm like i'm sure he's a great guy and i don't want to be just piling on someone you no. know what i mean pat come on out what <laughs> Let's that. That would be a, that would be a good talk. Show. That would be. That is so. So, Jim, it's always exciting to see you on stage, but now you're on your barely alive comedy tour, and I understand coming up, you're headlining a few cities with uh, a fellow named Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, he is. You know, it's yeah. like you know, I I think that it's important to give back and to help. 
comedians that are sure. struggling. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, people yeah. don't know. I mean, I, Jerry Seinfeld. I, you probably don't know who he is. He is. <laughs> he's he's a he's got something. Yeah. Like I feel like people. I feel like America would like him. You know yeah. what I mean? I hear good things. And so Jerry and I are doing some shows. He's also serving as my assistant, and <laughs> I'm just gonna show him some of the ropes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, what, but, are you, what are you what are you expecting from uh, being out there with? You know, I don't know how long or how often he's been on stage, but <laughs> I think by the end of these, we're just doing four markets, and you know, I might fire him. But uh, no, but we've we're Jerry, always looking for good people. If you want to send him over, here. I think I think I think if people here in the audience wanted to see Jerry Seinfeld, let's bring Jerry out. No, <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> Let's bring Jerry and Pat Sajak out. No. We keep imagining a much better talk show than I have tonight. But, you know, as... All I've got is gaff again. No, but this is where, you know, where we talk about, uh, you know, us going to dinner. It's always... It sounds like, you know, like, of let's do it. Of course we would do that, yeah. But with, but with Jerry and with stand-ups, it's like Jerry and I have been talking about touring together since before the pandemic. So it was one of those things where we were like... Because we love to just talk comedy mm-hmm. and and craft and stuff like that, so that's some of why we're doing these shows is so that we can hang out and just nerd out. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's really pleasant. It's, yeah. So it's amazing. Well, Jim, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. Lovely to see you. Yeah. Best to Jeannie. Tickets to his Barely Alive tour are on sale now, and you can watch Dark Pale on Prime. It's Jim Gaffigan, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.